It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season two of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode one. Let's get started. Okay, well, first of all, we'll just kind of go briefly through why we're doing this podcast. You know, we, Sister K and I started in uh, our first podcast back in 2007 because we love watching TV. We love certain TV shows, and we started listening to other podcasts about TV shows, and we noticed a big glaring hole in the hosts of all the podcasts. There were no people of color. None. And there was no podcast that talked about, and we started out with a Big Brother podcast, so at that point, there was no one talking about people of color on reality TV, on network television, and there's not many people of color anyway. So we were kind of thinking, we need to do something from our perspective, our points of view, because we kind of notice things a little bit different than everyone else. Right, and because when when non-people of color critique, like either black or Hispanic uh, or Asian characters in a film, or, you know, uh, on reality uh, people TV. on reality TV, they have some whacked comments that have no context whatsoever in reality. It's just like a stereotypical thing. So we decided, oh, no, uh-uh. we need to add our voices out there so you know people have a different perspective. Not that we're going to always, you know, be, pinpoint that yeah, but, issue, but it was something that we thought was important right. as female people of color, <laughs> podcasters, to yeah. be out there. Because at the time, there I, I didn't see it much. Yeah. But there could have been, and maybe I just wasn't hearing it. But I was well, out there really looking for podcasts that interested me. You were. And that, you know, I was really a little fiend on podcasts. So. And I just kind of fell into it because she needed a partner. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun with two people. Yeah, it is more fun. And plus, we, we discussed Movies and TV shows well, anyway. Not really. Well, yes. No, amongst ourselves. Right. Anyway, so we decided, why not put it on a podcast? So anyway, so that's the purpose of our podcast. And, you know, if you go to our website, which is sistersinreview.com, then you'll see all that information anyway. And we'll give you, you know, the website again at the end of the, of the podcast. But, okay, so why don't we go ahead and get started with our recap? Okay. And the way we're going to work this format is we're going to have a short, brief recap uh, at the beginning of every episode, and then we're going to discuss the episode. Yes. Okay? And we're not going to go through um, season one, because we figure if anybody's listening to Fringe, uh, they should have already watched season one. (laughs) And if not, go back and watch it. It was, there's too much to talk about. It was excellent. Right. 
Okay. Excellent. The DVDs are out, so go yeah. grab the DVDs. So go go grab them. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, this is the premiere episode. It's episode 201, A Friend Called A New Day in the Old Town. And actually what happens is Olivia returns from a parallel uni- uh, the parallel reality and uh, in a rather dramatic way. You know, it opens with this traffic scene. We, we find out that <clears throat> there is a soldier from this parallel uh, reality who is hunting Olivia because his task was to prevent her meeting with William Bell in the alternate uh, reality. And that was very interesting because William Bell's office is in the Twin Towers right. in New York City. So right. that was kind of jolting. But, um, but so this soldier has staged an auto accident involving Olivia's car. But when the police go to check the accident, there's no Olivia in the car. So they're wondering, how did this car even get there involved in an accident? Because the car is locked. The seatbelt is still in place. The keys are in ignition, but there's nobody inside the car. So it's very, very dramatic. As they're investigating um, the scene, and they called the FBI because it was Olivia as an FBI agent, Walter and um, Peter are called from Boston to come to there. The yeah, to come there to the uh, accident. And while Walter is, you know, Walter takes off one of the uh, uh, windshield wipers windshield wipers, and he jimmies the door. He gets in there and he's kind of looking around and he's noticing everything. All of a sudden the radio comes on by itself. So Walter's getting this look like, uh-oh. The engine so he, comes on. He, yeah, the engine comes on. He jumps out the car. Well, about that time, Olivia comes smashing through the windshield of her car, splat on the street with her eyes open. So you don't know if she's alive or dead. But it come to find out that Olivia is indeed alive, although the doctor tells Peter and Walter that she's brain dead. And Olivia's sister, Rachel, is all upset because she's telling Peter that, well, you know, she had a living will. She did not want to be kept alive. So they're going to take her off life support and stuff in the morning and everything. So Peter is pretty sad and he's, you know, going to to, to say goodbye to Olivia laying in a hospital bed. And all of a sudden she wakes up saying, uh, uh, repeating this Greek phraseology, and then, you know, she's... Awake. Awake. Coherent. Right. So, in the meantime, the new FBI agent, Agent Jessup, you can tell she's going to join join the crew. She, is, she has been told by uh, FBI Director Broyles, Colonel Philip Broyles, that she is to sign this report that he made that Olivia was um, involved in a routine traffic accident and she's trying to protest because of all of the weird stuff there and he's making her sign it. Well, the soldier person has a device that has three prongs in it that he he sticks up in the roof of, of a host person's mouth. Then he puts the other end in his mouth and he turns his little machine on and he shapeshifts into that person. So that's what he did when he when he ran from the uh, scene of the wreck. And poor little innocent man was just emptying his trash in his apartment building. And he he got, you know, clocked by him and he shapeshifted into that person so he could move around freely. Mm-hmm. And um, this soldier, he goes to an antique sh- uh, shop and it looks like it's probably in the Bronx or something like that. 
Looks like a pawn shop to me. Well, but it's an antique shop. Oh. It's an antique shop. And he goes in there and this this uh, proprietor who's who's using a little walkers, he says, well, you know, uh, I've, it's been a long time since somebody came. I've been inspecting somebody. but And he gives him a key to the very last room in the back. He goes to this room in the back, this private room. There's nothing in there but a table with this electric typewriter sitting on it and a mirror. He puts a piece of paper in the typewriter and he's typing this little message that says, you know, Target has been terminated. Uh, what's my next step? You know, what's some next orders? And then he looks in the mirror and something or someone is typing him a message back saying, uh, sorry, the Target is still alive. Uh, you need to go interrogate her and then kill her. So that was, that was kind of cool and freaky at the same time. So... In the meantime, uh, Walter and Peter kind of figure out that, okay, somebody is after Olivia because these people's bodies are being found after they've been, uh, 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 you know, seen in different places, but they were dead hours before they were seen at different places. So they know, okay, something freaky is going on here. So while they're trying to hunt up this little soldier person, he shapeshifts into a nurse at the hospital and goes to check on Olivia. And he's questioning Olivia about what she remembers. And of course, she can't remember anything. And she's very adamant about she can't remember anything. All of a sudden, when, when this soldier is satisfied that she cannot remember anything, then he jumps on top of her on the bed and starts choking her. It was really a dramatic scene. So Olivia is, is you know, trying to fight back and everything. Agent Jessup and Peter... Uh, uh, Peter and um, uh, Agent Charlie Francis, they're all on the way to the hospital anyway to help her, but Agent Jessup makes it into the room and she shoots the soldier three times in the back. And that soldier, as the, as the nurse, got jumped up, jumped out the window. And it was like maybe at least a, th a third story window mm -hmm. and then ran to the basement. So, so Agent Jessup, Peter, and Charles, uh, Agent Charlie Francis, they're all in the basement hunting for the nurse. And as Charles is getting close to the uh, furnace down in the basement, then the nurse eases down from this pipe. And all of a sudden, you see uh, Agent Francis turn around real quick and you hear two gunshots. And so, of course, the other two come running. And all they see is Charlie standing over the nurse. And the nurse has two bullets in her. Mm -hmm. And that little device that they use to shapeshift is laying by the nurse. And it's broken, though, so it's not going to work. But And so, of course, they're, they're glad Charlie is alive and well and everything. And, you know, everybody's glad that Olivia is, is, is doing well. And we come to find out at the very end of the episode, the shapeshifting soldier has shapeshifted into Agent Charlie Francis, and he's burning the real Charlie Francis's body in the, in the furnace. Man. That was good. That was a good episode. <clears throat> and I did forget the part about Broyles going to D.C. Yes, get to with that. With their funding. Uh, interspersed in this. Um, They're worried about their funding to keep the French, French division, division open. open. Right. And so he goes to uh, before a congressional panel, and of course they're telling him, look, you know, you haven't uh, uh, gotten us any tangible results, and so we're going to have to cut your funding. And he's, of course, very angry about it. So as he leaves the building, Nina Sharp is there in D.C. 
and she's, you know, telling him in essence, well, you know, you're pretty worried. She gives him a kiss on the lips and says, Philip, do what, what you, you do all, best. Yes, yes, do what you do, do best. Do what you always do. Do what you do best. And then she got in the cab and left. And then he just kind of looked after her and then went on back into the building. But also before uh, uh, the scene where where we see the shape-shifting soldier Charlie burning Charlie's real body, Peter has also flown to D.C. with this little device. And he uh, meets Broyles out on the steps and he says, look, they're not closing us down because we got proof. Uh, Walter says that it's broken. We can get it to work, but it's broken right now. But this is the proof. So, you know, go back in there and let them know that we're running, we're running things. I thought that was pretty good. That was good. But anyway, okay, so that's the recap. <clears throat> and sorry it was kind of, you know, messy, but hey. Yeah, we're trying to make it a little bit shorter than our old recaps. Yeah, today. yeah. So I didn't go through, you know, a lot of all the little facts and stuff, but there was some really neat information. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, can we start at the beginning? Okay. That whole first scene before the credits come up. I think it was before the credits. Yes, it was. No, actually, yeah, before the credits come up. Before. Were, was excellent. It was so good. Seeing, first of all, that soldier guy, I don't think we ever found out his name or, uh, you know, he didn't have a name, but that shapeshifter soldier, mm-hmm. when he stumbled out of the car, found that guy and conked him on the head mm-hmm. and took him into his house and and started pushing on his own face. Yeah. And pushing his face up. I was like, oh, shit. That oh, was shoot. really this good. This is going to be crazy. Well, and then th- when he stuck that, explicit, so. Yeah. So then when he stuck that thing in his mouth, I was like, what the mm-hmm. heck? That was just a really cool. Well, and, but you find out part later. Of the story. Right. You find out later from Walter that he and William Bell did experiments on a young woman. And they gave her massive, massive amounts of LSD or, or some other hallucinogen back in the 70s. And when she was hallucinating or seeing things, she saw a soldier. And because she was describing that little device. Yeah. It's got three, and, but she said it's got three, three nails in it. Oh. And it goes up in the roof of the mouth and stuff. And, and she was talking about this being as a soldier. And, you know, that's what their job was and stuff. So, uh, yeah, they know it's from the alternative, uh, well, alternate and, reality. And then when we, Walter's looking at the car that Olivia was in, mm-hmm. and then everything starts coming on. So she's coming back to this. And actually, yes. let me say something else. <clears throat> when you did your recap, you mentioned that soldier shapeshifter staged an accident. I don't think he staged it. Yes, he did. He was waiting. That's what Agent Jessup had. She had, you know, those those cameras at intersections? They had a, a photograph of that man sitting in a car, and he's just sitting there. And he was at the, he was up from the intersection where the actual wreck was. And she also said to Peter in the car that by the skid marks, he, he not only did not put, apply his brakes, he sped up. Oh, he ran into Olivia's car. Yes, he ran into Olivia's car. So he knew (laughs) Olivia was going to be coming at that intersection at that particular moment. Right. That's what he knew, or he he believed he knew. Well, I think that was how she came back from the alternate realm, because when we last see her in the the season finale last season, Mm -hmm. she's in the alternate reality. Right, but she's in William Bell's (laughs) office. Right. She's not in a car. But. What what was she doing before she ended up in his office? Wasn't she driving somewhere? 
Yes, but she had already went to his office. But they thought they were going to stop her from stop the there. meeting. Yeah, right. yeah, but she'd already had the meeting. <clears throat> so yeah. somehow that's true. But this is the the tricky part, or the part I didn't get, or maybe I'm slower. I don't know. <laughs> so how was he able to turn the time back to try to act like he's going to get her before she got there? I mean, how did he cause her to wreck if she had already stopped the car and went in? Well, she had already stopped the car and went in in that alternate universe, but what had she been doing in her in this universe? I don't know. See, that's the that's a good thing question. that made my brain kind of turn mm. a little bit. Well, the thing mm. I so then he wrecked, but the part that was really cool about that scene too was there. She's not in the car. Seatbelts are still buckled. Yep. The car is off, and all of a sudden everything comes on. And boom, she crashes out of the That windshield. was so shocking. That was disturbing to see her crash out of that car that was stationary. That was so shocking. It was just wonderful. It was. <laughs> it was. was wonderful. And then I, I went and watched it like again. And like when she went splat on the ground, her eyes are open. So you don't know yeah. whether she's live dead or whatever. Well, I fear she's alive because well, that yeah, was she, in the series yeah. real quick. But, one thing I liked about this particular uh, uh, episode, and that is I love all the little hints they give you uh, without saying anything about Walter and Peter. You know, it was cracking me up when Walter was, was in, in the, the grocery, grocery store, store shopping for Peter to make him a birthday cake and pudding when Peter said, I don't like pudding. I never liked it. So you know, he's the doppelganger, Peter. <laughs> you know, he's from the alternate universe. Right. So, and it seemed to me... Well, it seemed like Walter was kind of upset. Yes, he was. By that, because he kind of stopped him and says, yes, you will, you know, we are having this party for you. Yeah. It's like he's trying to say, I know... You're a little bit different, but you're going to be the same. Exactly. That I know. Exactly. And, and I thought and, that and was And then also funny. I caught too, in thinking about last season, which mm-hmm. I really wish I had the time to go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple months to catch all the little stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But all the different little, um, every, it seemed not every episode, but you know, most of the episodes dealt with something that Walter had handled in years past. And mm-hmm. a lot of the things he'd handled or experiments he did in years past had to do with trying to help Peter get over some being sick or Peter was in a wreck. Remember he, there was something mm-hmm. where, and, or Peter was, he had um, the measles or to- some kind of virus when he was five. He was in an accident with someone, his, mm-hmm. the mom or someone. I mean, all, it seemed like a lot of his experiments dealt with Peter when he was younger, when he was sick. That true, but the but the majority of his experiments, it, it in in my recollection, had to do with how to contact and and to maintain yourself in the alternate reality because he knew Peter was going to die, and he wanted to be able to have contact with and somehow be able to go back and forth in that alternate reality. So That's what, what a lot I, of the experiments are too. Yeah. And this is what I don't remember from the season finale. So maybe you do. Um, I know we're kind of getting off, but it kind of, when we were watching this, it kind of, when, when that scene, especially in the grocery store, it kind of reminded me what on the gravestone that we saw Peter, when we realized that he's, mm-hmm. what was the age? He was like, uh, I don't remember what was he a child or was yes. he grown? No, he died in 1985. He was like 10, 9 or 10. So that makes so sense. So he was so a child. A lot of the 
period of time that Walter was doing these experiments, exactly, Peter was gone already. Exactly. Yeah. But, okay. well, I just wanted to process that in my mind because right. I was thinking that, but I, I couldn't, I can't remember details now because it's right. been a couple months. And because this is the Peter in the from the alternate reality, right. he's a different people. He's He's got Person. mob ties. He knows hit men. Well, his life is gone he's in a different He's been in some way. shady stuff. Yeah. yeah. His and, life is different. Right. And you can tell, too, because it seems to me that this particular Peter is a little more, he's got something sinister up under the surface. Well, we've known him. that from the day well, yeah, one. But, but I just didn't notice it last season. Because we didn't know what we yeah. know now. So maybe they're gonna, he's going to really be able to act it I out this season. that in this season that we get more of his backstory. I think we are. Because that was something that I was really interested in last time. Mm-hmm. You know, where she found him. Mm-hmm. And all his little contacts and ties. But I want them to do more on the um, the drug that Olivia and the other children oh, yes. were were given. It, it's cortexafan or something yeah. like that. And I want more of Nina Sharp. I love Nina Sharp. Yeah, she's the one with the uh, she's the face of Massive Dynamics, and she's got that bionic arm and hand. But I really like her character. She had, you know, she's the kind of person. In massive dynamics, that not only does she know everything about that company and everything, but she knows a lot about everything. Yes. But she's a very confidential individual. She does not disclose anything that she don't need to. That's true. So I really like her character, though. But it was cracking me up. You know, one of my favorite characters is Walter because I like quirkiness like that, you yeah. know? And Walter has these flashes of brilliance right after he asks for like some pudding or something. But that scene where he comes running out of the house after they discovered the dead body of the second man and he's Peter, Peter. And Peter's looking alarmed like what? And he says, I get to ride with the body. Oh, I love that. That that was was so funny. And Peter says, okay, but stay out of them drugs. And he looks so disappointed. Like, like, oh, "Oh." (laughs) that was so cute. And then then when they're in the lab and agent Jessup, uh, Peter takes agent Jessup to their lab at, 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 Harvard University in that basement uh, building, you know, for the first time. Uh-huh. And, and he is doing an autopsy on the body. And he's got his gloves on and he's got, you know, blood on his hands from, you know, uh, uh, autopsy in the body. And he's got a Twizzler. Oh, that was chomping on a Twizzler. That's gross. <laughs> Was I was kind of grossed out. And all was... while he was doing that autopsy, uh-huh. he's giving Astrid, uh, his little FBI assistant that stays right. there with him all the time, directions on how to make custard. That was funny. I that thought was that was cute. funny. And she was just doing it, and she was doing all her little FBI stuff, but she was just throwing that. Trying to get him out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I really like John Nobles, the, the actor. Yes. Portrays Walter. I really like I really like him. him. He is just excellent. He's and quirky. He's Australian, he's but, but so is Anna, Anna Torv. Torv. She's Australian, too, I which I thought that was kind of interesting. Both it of them. is. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. imports here. And they don't even have an accent. No. I mean, you Talent. know, not in the not in the show, but talented. I would have to say Walter is probably one of my all time favorites in Friends Characters. because yeah, he's just he is just okay. it, it is amazing how he can be he can be so lucid with the scientific part of it, but so crazy with with just everyday things. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, I just love that part, though. I do, too. I well, it kind of makes part. sense because people that are that involved in their work, they don't tend to recognize well, and, re- you know, get out into the world. Well, and they've already established in season one that he, uh, Walter and William Bell, they were geniuses. You mm-hmm. know, that they, they did a whole lot of good also. Along with, show with the, the crazy, a lot of the good part. Yeah, I see. So, well, another cool part I liked <laughs> was the shapeshifter guy going into that room with the typewriter yes. and seeing the typewriter. Apparently, that's how the alternate realm communicates with them. Well, at least though uh, that uh, one, that particular soldier, he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's the only way, only means of communication. But I thought that was a very clever. Uh, way to, way show, to show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very, very clever. So, But, you know, also in the store, when they were shopping for the ingredients, don't you remember when Walter was trying to tell Peter, uh, well, you know, uh, before I worked for whatever that lab was, uh, yeah. he says, I was a sous chef. What did he say? I was a sous chef at Bakersfield Food Lab. <laughs> and so, well, uh, uh, Peter says, oh, and I'm supposed to know who that is? He says, he invented the ho ho. <laughs> dying laughing. I love that. I love that. Everybody knows what a ho ho is. Everybody loves to eat ho hos. Yeah. You know, but I thought that was so good. It was just. Now, the one thing I was kind of confused, maybe I was going in and out, was once Olivia woke up mm-hmm. and she, see, she was scared. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like uncontrollably. Nervous, scared, she couldn't even look at the gun. Right. Touch the gun. And that part, I was kind of like, okay, that's odd. Well. To have that reaction. Well, I took it like while she was unconscious, she was being told something. That's what I thought. Oh. Which, which made her afraid. That part didn't bother me so much. Let me tell you what bothered me about Olivia. The whole scene with Peter and her sister. And she's talking about, you know, she had a living will. She don't want to be kept kept on uh, life, life support and stuff. Where was the damn life support? She wasn't tubed up. She laying in the bed well, with an IV. Well, apparently she could breathe, but she was brain dead is what they were saying. I have never seen anybody brain dead that it wasn't tubed up. Oh, yeah. Well, for I me, for me anyway, that was a little jarring to me because I thought, well, wait a minute. Where's the trach? You know, where's... You know, you know the, all the, the machines. Little, yeah, the little machine to breeze for you and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. But she just laying there with one IV in her arm. And she's supposedly on life support. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. That was too jarring That's for true. me. Uh, so when the, because t- uh, uh, I thought that scene was very good between Peter and the sister. Because she imparted some good information. But then when Peter went in the room, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. She just laying in bed looking like she got a little bit of makeup on. Look like she's sleeping. She don't have no tubes out nowhere but one IV. I think that was a little mistake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Got, I don't but, know. But you are correct, though. Once she woke up. Well, it she was started little, off saying that whatever phrase it, it was. was. Okay, I have that written down. It was a Greek phrase, and it meant uh, keep your people close. Uh, actually, John, uh, uh, Peter said it was a phrase in Greek that his mother used to tell him all the time. And this was after Walter left the family. What, and, what does it mean? And 
it it literally translate be a better man than your father. Oh, that's okay. And then he and then he explains to Olivia, but what that means is keep your people close, take care of the people you care about. And see, and I thought about that. I thought, well, yeah, his mama would tell him that because he's the the uh, he's the alternate Peter, so he wouldn't have had Walter. Walter was in our reality. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't in the alternate reality until he went over there and got Peter. Mm-hmm. See? Thought huh. that was pretty cool. That is cool. Thought that was pretty cool. I, just, I don't know. I just didn't buy that she was that scared and that she couldn't even look and touch at a gun. That just, that was odd. That was a little odd to me, I mean, too. I understand being scared. I mean, you know, the part about her being scared about someone trying to kill her. But it, it was too much fear. Or well, I think not being able to touch a gun, see the gun, put the bullets in the gun. Well, but see, that's where Charlie Francis came in because he was relating that story to her about when he was afraid after yeah. he got shot. Well, her being wherever she was while that wreck happened, because she was somewhere. Right. But she wasn't with William Bell because she had already left him. Well, we don't know. Well, we're assuming anyway. And, but when she come crashing through that windshield, land on the street, yeah, that'd be scary. Wouldn't that be like, like being shot? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's the way I took it anyway. Huh. It was just odd to me. Yeah. And then, um, at least she did try to fight back when the nurse shapeshifter mm-hmm. tried to get her. When I, did you notice Agent Jessup sitting at home in her apartment doing all this research about all the different little fringe uh, episodes from last season, but she was plotting them out on this list uh, using the Book of Revelation. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so cool. I'm thinking, okay, how come she got the Holy Bible? And then I went back and wrote it. Oh, yeah. uh, And the last one was she was using Revelation 20. But, yeah, go back and look at that scene. She's using the Book of Revelation to plot all these different little Events that are happening. Events and pests and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, oh. what's she up to with that? Well, she's got this theory now. She's a, yeah. a new set of eyes mm-hmm. that's looking at it from a different way. So, I thought that, that was pretty good. Walter and them wouldn't look at because he's a scientist. Exactly. So, he so, probably wouldn't look at it that way. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. I think she's probably going to be a, a new member of the team, don't you think? I think so, too, because she yeah. knows too much now. She knows too much. And They're going to have to. She's real interested in it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that'll be that'll be interesting. I just don't want them to go off on too many new people, which some shows do their second season. They mm-hmm. add too many new people and new things, and you lose yeah. your core people, which you loved about right. the show in the first season. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I don't think so. Introducing one person's fine. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that, though. And then the biggest thing of all in the episode was Charlie. I know. Being taken over by the little doppelganger dude. I mean, he's going to be around for a while, but to me, that means that that particular actor's part's going to be gone. Because they're going to have to kill him. Well, I mean, he could run off to the alternate... I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they do, but I think they're going to have to kill him. Maybe eventually, the... because his task is still to kill Liv- uh, Olivia. Maybe they'll change the task, and he just needs to stay close to her and find out what she knows. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, but I, I'm hoping in the next episode or two we get back to Nina Sharp and Massive Dynamics and how they're all 
incorporated in all these yes. fringe things. See, that's, and what that's what is I going liked about on it. with Nina and Broyles? Yeah, what's going on with them? They got Sick a history. <laughs> Hello. They, she, I was like, oh no, she didn't. Yeah, she, no, she what? kissed him. Yep. I know. I was, I was like, what? No, yeah, she, no, she didn't. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, something going on there. So maybe we will get some backstory on their relationship and how come she says, you know, well, do what you do best. Do what you always do. You See, know? and I thought that meant for him to go and manufacture, not manufacture, but go and kind of create some drama. I didn't think so. I took it like... Or create an event. I or... took it like... Let me tell you how I took it. I took it like he was trying to tell her... Leave it on uh, he was trying to tell her, uh, she was trying to tell him to go and get some information to keep yourself afloat. You see what I'm saying? Because he can get some information. And and I say that because earlier in the episode, when Peter's feeling bad drinking at that bar, and he and, and, and it, it's just some random bar. And Peter says to Broyles, how'd you find me? He says, I'm, in the, I'm the FBI. FBI. So, you know, that, that's the way I took it. Like, she was telling him. Because when he was um, sitting in front of that congressional hearing and they were saying, Mr. Broyles, and he said, Colonel, to you. That lets you know. Uh-huh. That man got some weight behind him. He got some weight. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I like him. He's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, Walter is my favorite. Walter's know. my favorite, yeah, though. Walter's but my Broyles, favorite, but I like. Broyles, I really like. And mm-hmm. I, I like, I would like to know more about him, too. Yep. I would, but I I do hope they do not uh, waste or or leave the storyline of of uh, Olivia taking that drug as a kid. They won't, and and won't the that. other individuals that did that too. Yeah, because they're all now adults. Right, and I know they had a couple of uh, uh, of episodes about that last year, but it still wasn't all the way fleshed uh, out. Yeah, fleshed out. So hopefully, did you notice? Okay, let's talk about Astrid. Did you notice they cut her hair? So now her hair looks like a little short afro. I don't like it. I don't like it. I no. do not like her hair. No. You know, she's got beautiful hair. She's got that kind of curly, wavy hair. Yeah. And she should have left it long. I don't like this little afro look on her. It just doesn't I don't either. become her. Now, I don't want her to straighten her hair. She's a cute girl. And she's a very cute girl. Well, but... you know what they need to do, too? I mean, she's another character that I really would like to know more about. I would, too. How she got to be in that, because she's an FBI agent, mm-hmm. but she's also a scientist. Yes. And so, it'd be interesting to find how she got there and what her, you know, kind of motivation is. Mm-hmm. And get her more involved with the team. I mean, she's involved, but I don't know. We just haven't seen a lot of her. She She's just kind of like a sidekick. Yes, which I'm glad that they kept her, because right. a lot of times, sidekicks kind of get killed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the sidekick gets I'm really killed. happy that she's she's there. Uh-huh, but I hope I hope she grows her hair back out cuz uh that looks terrible. It does not look good at all. So, I don't like it. Well, you know, if all the people in Hollywood or wherever this is, they can get somebody to do her hair. Mhm. I or would say she so. She had to cut it for and something else. We well, don't know. Maybe that, she, that's true. Maybe she had another part or something. Yeah, or, maybe she had to go do something else. And, you know, this isn't their only job, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's 
this is good. This this is starting out to be a good, good a great season. season. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now we have a little um, excerpt of what the next episode is going to be about, and the next episode, which airs next uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. or actually this Thursday, because mm-hmm. we're actually in the week on the twenty fourth, is called Night of Desirable Objects, and the re- the um, I don't know what you call it. The description is the fringe team travels to Pennsylvania to investigate an underground tunnel full of human remains. Meanwhile, Walter experiments using frogs to travel between realities. Mm-hmm. Now, when I read this, I immediately thought about an episode last season where they were talking about frogs. Yeah, that one was called The Dreamscape. <laughs> and But in that episode, it was... <clears throat> talking about using the or some kind of the frog secreted something that um, could be used to stop the um, aging process or something. No, what it was is the frogs on on the dreamscape. They uh, a person was using it uh, using the uh, the substance that the frogs secreted as a hallucinogen, and what That's- it was doing it was. Uh, making people hallucinate, but it was making people afraid of what they were hallucinating. Case in point, the very first case that we saw was a man in an office building who was hallucinating about butterflies. And he was trying to get away from all these millions of butterflies, and he jumped out the window. That's right. I mean, who's afraid of a butterfly? But, Uh, well... Well, right. So that that, Let me just say, that was a manifestation of this hallucinogen that a person was using on purpose. A side note, <laughs> one year in college, there was a butterfly invasion <laughs> and I became scared of butterflies that year. <laughs> but you're not afraid. There was a million of them suckers. You couldn't walk across <laughs> campus without getting hit by a butterfly. Oh, <clears throat> Lord. Anyway, side. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was the next episode is going to be. I'm really looking forward to it, mm-hmm. just so that we can kind of get wrapped up and get more into the mythology of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to our emails. We did have one a really good email from uh, one of our listeners called Nanine, and uh, her email she's talking about um, what an opening. They can't find Olivia, and she comes crashing through the window of a car. Walter, making custard for the wrong Peter. His Peter liked custard. The replacement Peter does not. I love all the little hints. Walter's renewed interest in Peter's childhood. Peter saying, I never liked, you know, whatever. The detail of Walter eating a Twizzler while doing an autopsy. And Astrid slapping Walter's hand away from the custard she is stirring in a bowl. Oh, yeah, remember that? Uh-huh. The little bits of humor in all the gore and the mystery. This is why I like the show. And Charlie, oh, man, what a way to rewrite a character. Turn him into a shape-shifting sh- soldier from an alternate reality. Peter's endgame with broils, giving him the text so the fringe division can stay open. Brilliant. Perhaps, uh, uh, or it pushes Peter up from wise guy babysitter to a player. Looking forward to your next po- uh, to your podcast, Nanine. Great email, Nanine. And you thought of some things that I hadn't thought of until watching it a second time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have some great insight. Actually, I didn't really catch those a lot of those little hints until I did watch it the second time. 
I was just enthralled with the with I think watching it the first time. I did. And maybe yeah. well, I'm slower or something. <laughs> no, that's I'm not slow it. on the uptake. But yeah, I thought it was wonderful that he was. He, of course, see, Twizzlers is one of my favorite candies. But so. not doing no. Uh, that well, was nasty. But that was the humor of it, though. Yeah, you know. Well. And and then Astrid, you know, uh, as you pointed out. She is an FBI agent and a scientist, and she's making custard <laughs> and slapping his hand. But they're all looking at this this video and all this scientific information. You know, that was just funny to me. Just anything with food around bodies in a <laughs> lab to me, it just sounds gross. Yeah, it is. So, it is so nasty, know. but that was good. Well, well thank great. you, Nanine, for that. And Nanine also sent a link to a website where they talk more about. Or someone has actually spent time putting together a code mm-hmm. or what the code is and Easter eggs in the episodes. Yep. So that is a really, we'll actually um, try to put that link in our show notes, possibly. Okay. So that everyone can see it. Thank you, Nanine, for that. That was a good It's email. interesting to read, even if I don't understand what the guy is talking I about. I don't understand the code I don't stuff. understand how he got to that. You know, conclusion, mm-hmm. but it's cool to read, especially when you love friends. Yeah, it is cool to read, but you know, I'd be a little suspicious as to you know why why he determined that a, a specific uh, 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 view of the apple is a C as opposed to J, or you know, the frog is the letter M and as opposed to T. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's well, all we subjective. Didn't, maybe we maybe. didn't read it good enough. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, it's been. Thank y'all for checking out our first episode. Mm-hmm. If you would like to send us an email, it is sisterspeak at gmail.com. Our vo- we do have a voicemail line. If you'd like to send us an audio comment, that number is 972-692-7341. And as Sister J mentioned earlier, our website is sistersinreview.com. That's S-I-S-T-A-H-E-N review.com we would love to hear from you hear what your opinions are about the show maybe correct us on something we said wrong whatever (laughs) yep all right well that's it for this time i'm sister k i'm sister j see you next week with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.